It's like, uh, remember Austin Powers? He's like, if you ask me three times, like I have to, <laughs> I have to tell you. What's his name? I'll never tell you. What's his name? Go to hell. What's his name? Uh, fine. <laughs> <laughs> This is episode 310 of Bourbon Pursuit, the podcast featuring news, reviews, and interviews with people making the bourbon whiskey industry happen. I'm one of your hosts, Kenny Coleman, and before we start today's episode, talking about Pursuit United, here's your weekly bourbon news update. Heaven Hill just completed a multi-year, $19 million renovation and expansion project to its visitor center in Bardstown. Now called the Heaven Hill Bourbon Experience, it features an interactive and educational space with multiple exhibits. This new space triples the existing capacity with more than 30,000 square feet of usable space and can house 900 guests at one time. There is a walking gallery of interactive exhibits that have speaking portraits and interactive screens with a lot of information about John Fitzgerald, Elijah Craig, and many others. The new Five Brothers Bar and Kitchen located on the second floor will serve craft cocktails and have bourbon tastings, including a new Five Brothers bourbon which is a blend of five, six, seven, eight, and nine-year-old bourbons. Lastly is the new You Do Bourbon Experience, where you can go through the entire sensory process, stand in the shoes of a quality control expert, and fill your own bottle of Elijah Craig, Larceny, even barrel-proof Bernheim wheat, and a rotating option that would kind of be similar to Heaven Hill Select Stock. The doors were officially open to the public on June 15th, and reservations are strongly encouraged and they can be made online. Now you've heard me talk about bourbon tariffs before, but there is now an opportunity for you to do something about it. A group from the United Kingdom wants to put a stop to it, and you can put your name down in support at bourbonalliance.com to put an end to the tariffs on bourbon. And speaking of tariffs, some new data has been released. Lawson Whitting, the president of Brown Foreman, estimates that the European Union's 25% penalty on tariff on American whiskeys is costing the company around $70 million a year in lost sales. Attempts to resolve this will be made at the G7 Summit in Cornwall, which Whitting suggests may put just a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. And moving on to bourbon release news. A. Smith Bowman is adding a permanent expression to its portfolio, the A. Smith Bowman Cask Strength Bourbon. Aged a minimum of 10 years with barrels hand-selected by master distiller Brian Pruitt, the A. Smith Bowman Cask Strength will be an annual release, bottled uncut and non-chill filtered. This first release will be available in late June and coming at a staggering 141.1 proof with a retail price of $100. Rabbit Hole is unveiling its highly anticipated single barrel program, where four artists will be selected by Cave Zemanian each year to create original limited edition illustrations of each of Rabbit Hole's four core whiskeys. Each artist will create a series of six illustrations that offer a personal interpretation of a theme created for each release. The first 10 barrels and rabbit hole single barrel program will be available to individuals, groups, and on and off premise retailers, but exclusively in Kentucky. To say that we're blessed is kind of an understatement. Back in 2018, when we launched Pursuit Series single barrels, we didn't really know where we were headed. We just knew it was fun to select some barrels and get them out there. And little did we know that we would be heading down a path to create a blend that just won runner-up in the first ever Ascot Awards. Pursuit United is a culmination of over a year of work by partnering with distilleries to create a bourbon that would appeal to a, a mass market of educated bourbon consumers, kind of like you. 
And in this episode, Fred asks us the questions on what it took to get here and what the future entails. And if you're wondering where you can get your hands on a bottle of United, they will be available once again, starting in July of 2021 on Sealbox and across retail shelves in Kentucky, Tennessee, Texas, Georgia, Illinois, and Colorado. Stay tuned for more updates, including the anticipated release of Pursuit United Rye. With that, enjoy today's episode. And now here's Fred Minnick with Above the Char. I'm Fred Minnick, and this is Above the Char. This week's idea comes from the archives on a tweet May 9th, 2019. BJ Smith, or at BWSmith3, asked the question, do people prefer cocktails or their bourbon straight, whether it be neat or on the rocks with meals? That is a great question, BJ, and I'm sorry it's taken me two years to answer it, but hey, sometimes that's how Twitter is. Things take a while. But uh, yeah, you know, I mean, when it comes to food, I think it's a a personal preference. Um, I will tell you, in having a wine background, pairing bourbon to food is not as important to bourbon as it is to wine, and I've never really understood that. I've never understood why, because... Bourbon is a beautiful pairing spirit. There's uh, that, that sweetness and sometimes the earthiness and sometimes uh, the complexity or the smoke of it can go really, really great with food, uh, especially those of you who are carnivores and like a nice, thick, juicy steak or some ribs or um, maybe a nice uh, chicken uh, or quail. I mean, my God, I'm making myself hungry talking about all these incredible foods. But basically, the way I pair is that, you know, the richer, uh, the higher the proof. I like to have a, a, nice, uh, a nice, rich whiskey to go with a rich meal. Uh, the lighter a meal is, uh, the more I lean toward a cocktail. So I love salad. I eat a lot of salads. That's one of the things that people don't know about me, probably, is that I eat a lot of salads. You can't tell by my, my pear-shaped body. But uh, I love me some arugula and, and romaine. I mean, I love a really good salad. And a cocktail, especially with like uh, some soda in there, like a spritzer or some sort, is really refreshing with that. So so the, the richer, the higher improved, and more complex that I like, and the lighter, the more I tend to go with the cocktail side. So I hope that answers your question there, BJ. And I apologize for taking two years, but... Uh, uh, what a great question that was, even if it did take me two years. If you're like BJ and you would like to have your above the chart question uh, read and answered here on Bourbon Pursuit, just hit me up on Twitter. It's at Fred Minnick, and uh, I'll probably answer it in two years like I did BJ. That's going to do it for this week. Thanks again. Cheers. From their bar to yours, Chad and Sarah of the popular YouTube channel It's Bourbon Night bring you their favorite at-home old-fashioned mix with the new Elemental Elixir's Golden Hour Syrup. It's a custom-made syrup with notes of bold black tea, warm spices, and orange zest. All you need is your favorite whiskey and ice. No bitters needed. One bottle makes 16 drinks, so that's only $1 cocktail before you add your own whiskey. They can also be enjoyed in other cocktails or spirits, mocktails, coffee, tea, and anything you can think of. It's crafted locally in Lexington, Kentucky, and you can get your bottle now at whiskeyambitions.com.
And they're off for another Get 270 2020 Unicorn Raffle. Your $20 ticket gives you not one, but two chances to win from our lineup of 20 Woodford Reserve treasures, including the grand prize, the rarest unicorn yet, the Woodford Reserve Kentucky Derby 150 Baccarat Edition. Only 150 bottles were made and is just like the one the Derby winning owner receives. Quit horsing around and get your $20 tickets now at Give270.org. Charitable Gaming License ORG 000 Ed Bly and Rising Tide Spirits are back again with a new release of Old Stubborn Bourbon. And this release of Old Stubborn is a premium hand marriage of 10, 11, and 12-year cask drink, barely filtered pot still bourbon. It comes in at a staggering 123.8 proof. And the flavoring grain for this one, which the last one was weeded, but this time it's now rye. Rich, sweet, and bold with a long finish that's sure to be another eye-opener. You can order online at Sealbox or thebourbonconcierge.com and you can even purchase in person at Revival Vintage Spirits and even now with very few select stores in Kentucky. You can get it now while you can, but be sure to do it because it's not going to last long. Do you ever pour yourself a bourbon, swirl it around, and then start struggling to come up with tasting notes? And perhaps you're also looking for a good Father's Day gift idea. Well, you can now solve both with a kit from Nose Your Bourbon. And unlike other nosing kits on the market, Nose Your Bourbon kits feature real ingredients for the most authentic aromas. You can smell real Tahitian vanilla bean instead of some synthetic aroma that's just made from chemicals. So head on over to NoseYourBourbon.com and enter code BP10 for 10% off your order. Welcome back to another episode of Bourbon Pursuit, the official podcast of bourbon. We're back here today. However, we're doing uh, something that we typically haven't done in a while. We did it last time when we were talking about the how we Ryan and I we built pursuit series. Yep. And knowing that we've come through on the next sort of generation of our journey and figuring out what are we going to be doing as a liquor company or a whiskey business, we came out with Pursuit United. How do we cure our FOMO of limited releases? You know, we just start a bourbon brand and then you start you know, doing single barrels and now you're like, well, I guess I'll do a small batch. So I don't have FOMO. Yeah. And so we'll, we'll get into a little bit. And, you know, as I kind of mentioned last time when we did the Pursuit Series podcast, it's something that we typically don't like to come on here and do a whole lot of no. self-serving and self-promotion. Like we that's like asking questions. Yeah. But this is, it's fun to be able to kind of flip the tables every once in a while. And knowing that we've got our good friend, Fred here, that is the king of interrogation and interviewing and he can probably ask better <laughs> yes. questions than anybody here so yeah well it's fun to do this and uh, you know first of all you know so everyone knows that this is the the company behind this is a separate entity uh than the yep. podcast to d two different companies and i am not in any way affiliated with uh with with the brand uh the pursuit series and uh so you know although we have the podcast together. I don't have anything to do with the whiskey, and people confuse that a lot. They they reach out to me all the time and say, "Hey, really like this batch. I really like. I really like the uh, uh, United." Fred, you did so good on this. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> didn't do it, didn't do it, didn't do it. It was it was all Ryan and Kenny. So, um, so, so it, it was all Ryan, and then I I helped do spreadsheets. That's what that's I. That's yeah, we're gonna we're gonna dive into that a little bit. All right. So first, I want to talk about like you know this is a when we look at. When we look at the package, this is a we're, we're kind of veering off from the from the typical bottle that you had had 
let's let's start there. What uh, what what's going on with the package? Where where are things going? You know, this is uh, something that it was out of necessity. It wasn't actually something we anticipated on doing. We kind of caught wind about this about a year ago that the bottle that we had been using for Pursuit Series wasn't necessarily being discontinued, but they were no longer going to make it in 750 mLs. And we we're like, oh, crap. Like, oh, what do we what do we do? This would have been a precursor to the new regulation saying <laughs> yeah. we're going down to 700 exactly. mLs and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But uh, anywho. So we said, well, we need to figure out a way that we kind of move forward with this. And so it all kind of starts the way that everything starts is coming down here in the basement, looking at the wall of bottles and saying, what jumps out of us? What's different? And then talking to our supplier and saying, what do you have that could either be similar to this or what looks good and send us some sample bottles and we'll just kind of get the glass out and look at it. Mm -hmm. And so our designer from Relay Package or Relay Design is Brian. He actually lives just a few doors down. He's been a a client of Ryan's for a while for his side or his side, his actual businesses. This is the side business, right? Yep, exactly. (laughs) And so he, he's very, very good at what he does and and he kind of looks at it and you know, we kind of narrowed, I think, down to two or three. And lo and behold, we kind of looked at the the bottle for what we have for our United. And I was like, man, I, I know I've seen this somewhere. Like, what what is it? I got in the basement and started looking. I was like, oh, it's Widow Jane. Widow Jane <laughs> uses this bottle. I was like, it's perfect. So no wonder we like it because they they have a really good design and what they're doing too. And so we just had to figure out a way that not a not a, we didn't want to make a direct replica, a direct copy from Widow Jane, but we wanted to make sure that we were different and stood out. For sure. Yeah, I thought yeah. it kind of had a modern, some somewhat of a modern feel to it. You you see like people changing packages, like Bakers or Weller. They're kind of going more rounded, you know, less like more old, curves. Yeah, more curves, and mm-hmm. you know, just um, it 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 was a nice blank canvas that a lot of different label designs could work with. I think. Yeah. So it's also uh, the senator um, and the ambassador uses this bottle, and that was when I first saw it. And that was probably five years ago when he started with that one. So this is. This particular bottle has always been a favorite of mine. So the style, I like the style a lot. So good choice on changing the bottle. And, you know, that thick glass base. Yeah. I mean, it's heavy. And, you know, if if you have a burglar come in and this happens to be what you whop them upside the head with, make sure sure you go base first on it. You're going to, you're going to knock them the fuck out. It's a great, we liked it a lot because it, it really shows off the liquid inside. You know, there's a, we want it because that's what's important is what's inside mostly. And it, it, it really shows off the liquid really well on the shelf. And you went with a cork, a natural cork. We so. did it because of what you said. Yep. Yeah. You no, know, it's it's actually partly that, partly because I'm kind of with it you. Did. Like I've I've got I've got my aesthetic purposes too. Like I mm-hmm. I love the way uh, a natural cork feels, the way it moves. Mm-hmm. And we had some I don't want to say supply chain issues, but they're mostly like my inv- lack of inventory control issues of what we had to do last time because when you order dry goods and you order corks and you order custom tops these take months of lead time yeah. to do and natural cork takes an additional like 60 to 90 days to actually go through as well and i remember when we were running low on on tops from our pursuit series and i was like oh crap we need something in a pinch and we just had to move to synthetic for that quick kind of purpose yeah. but knowing that i have a better inventory uh, record keeping ability now hopefully fingers crossed not gonna hit that bridge or walk that bridge. Yeah, well, bridge. I mean, it, it, you're also looking at a two, 300-year-old tree, actually not 300, but, you know, a 100 to 200-year-old tree, 
you know, they, it takes a lot of time to, and there's a lot of process that go into them. So I think I just, I love natural cork. And also I think it gives you your best shot for like long-term, long-term collecting. Uh, and I can tell you got a good one. You can, you can tell by the little nodule. You did good, Kenny. <laughs> you, got a, you got a good cork. So. Hey, uh, hats off to our supplier. I, all I did is just put in the purchase order. Okay. So that's obviously, you know, that's, that's like the aesthetics of it. I'm looking here and it says it's, uh, you basically have a blend of Kentucky, Tennessee, and New York, uh, bourbons, but I don't see a, a percentage on here anywhere. Did you all publish the percentage or is that out there? We haven't published a percentage. What's and the, what's the percentage of the, what you got, Chow? Well, see, I don't really know if we want to, because that's, it, it's literally the only part of this that is somewhat, yeah. Uh, unique, to unique us. to what I mean, we do because I can tell you the the mash bills that are in it. Yeah, but, we uh, we know all the mash bills for all of it, but the percentages is kind of like our unique blend that goes into it. We went into this like we had been pushed to do a small batch by our you know our broker baller, and we were kind of getting fed up. Single barrels were just a pain, taking a long time, a lot of effort, and so we were looking for a small batch product. But you know you're at the mercy of the the source market, and so you're like, okay, well I got MGP, I got Barton, I got Dickel. And you're like, well, that's not, you know, very unique. Everybody, you know, everybody everybody's had, doing everybody it. Everybody has and access so, to it. And it's, it's, so we were like, you know, we'll do a small batch, but we need something that's, you, you know, new, something we can make our own. And so our broker had a Tennessee distillery that was making whiskey that's not in Tullahoma. And it started to come of age. And we tried it and we thought, wow, this is really good. The price point was good. You know, I think this would make a great base it was really good on its own, but it was missing a few components. And I, you know, I was like, and we had a relationship with the Finger Lakes people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, you know what, what would happen if I threw some Finger Lakes in there to see? I was actually very it- nervous about him doing that too. Cause I was like, dude, we don't have that many barrels of Finger Lakes. Like we can't just be playing around with this thinking we're going to scale it. Yeah, I know. And so Kenny was all about scale. I was all about, let's make it the best it can be. And well, I so- remember, I remember when you, uh, when you were experimenting with stuff, you brought some stuff over to the house. Yes. He asked me to taste it. Taste it. I did. Yep. What did I say? What did you? Were, so, I don't remember. So he he said, uh, you rated it like an eighty three or something. And I was like, what's your baseline? He's like, Evan Williams Black. And I was like, what do you rate then? And you're like an eighty six. I was like, all right, we're scrapping it, <laughs> starting over. Uh, but at the time, you know, I with the Tennessee Distillery, then New York kind of liked it just like that. But I was like, you know, we got to have Kentucky in there. And so at the time. The only thing that was available to us was some, you know, 12-year-old Barton or we had some Heaven Hill barrels. And so I was kind of playing with those. But then you're at the mercy of like the market and, you know, mm-hmm. or the, and two, we wanted to make this economical, like, or economical. We didn't want it to be a $100 small batch, you know, mm-hmm. and we wanted to be in that 55, 65 kind of tier. Yeah, and- the price point, this was like you all were always trying to get a in a price point where you you know, it could be affordable, but you still weren't like breaking your bank. Yeah. We wanted to compete with, you know, you know, New Riff, Wilderness Trail, Rabbit Hole. They've all been successful, you know, had great products in that $55 range, mm-hmm. you know, so with the the Barton and how expensive that was in the Heaven Hill, you know, source stuff, we just couldn't like make it work. And, and still just the flavor wasn't like all the way there. I mean, don't get me wrong. We tried with the, we just grabbed like some 1792 foolproof off the shelf and we tried blending with that time and time oh, and time yeah. and I mean, time again. I, I probably spent, I don't know how many hours, but months, weeks, tons of time, just every night blending it, making blends. And then, you know, we, we kind of got to a point where it's like, all right, well, we kind of like got it where we went with the the, bar, the Heaven Hill stuff. But then 
those barrels were coming harder to find. So we're like, we're just, we got to find out how we can scale this. And so, you know, we had just reviewed like chicken cock, I think. And it was a two year ride from, you know, BBC. And I was like, you know what? I bet their bourbon's probably getting close to turning four. And so I, you know, I shot Dan, you know, Dan, the man, Dan's great. I shot him a message. I was like, Hey, do y'all have any whiskey that's coming of age? You know, I'd like to try it. You know, I got this blending project. He's like, yeah, let me get you in contact. And so we went down there, Kenny and I down to bar some bourbon company mm-hmm. and maybe I'm jumping the jumping too far ahead, but <laughs> we went down there. They were great. They were excited about the opportunity to work with us. It felt refreshing. Like, because when you're in the source market and you're trying to buy barrels, they're always not very welcoming. And they're like, hold on now. You mean they don't want to talk to you? Hurry up and buy. Hurry up well, and buy. They're just like, and this is, this is where Kenny dangles. Man, by the way, we're going to get you a bourbon pursuit. Where we're the number one downloaded podcast <laughs> well, <laughs> in the food category. And by the way, we were in Rolling Stone. Don't know if you know about that. <laughs> well, no, they're just like, you know, how many barrels are you going to buy? You know, how much? And we're like, well, maybe 10. And they're like, oh, well, whatever. You know, and then they're just, they're just not. And I understand they have clients that will go there by truckloads, you know, sight right. unseen and whatnot. But that's we're trying to we're putting our name on it, so it's got to be good. And so, anyways, Barstow Bourbon Company they roll out the red carpet. They're like, give you access to our tasting lab. They give us all these samples, and they had some products that were three and a half. I was like, man, this is really good. And the cost, the economics of it made sense too. Mm-hmm. And so, the majority of it is yes, the Tennessee Distillery and the Barstow Bourbon Company, and then a little bit of Finger Lakes in there to kind of give it some more chocolatey, more mature, sweet, fruitier kind of notes um, that you don't get out of the, the other two. Um, all so. right. So full so full warning for to both of you all. This is where you're both going to get very frustrated with me. I love it. Over over the course of our over, over our friendship and relationship. Now that I don't know the percentage of this, the, of, of these blends, I will be like a dog you with a bone. all the time. <laughs> and it's going to come up in different ways and you're not going to know about it. So I was like, so that was three barrels in there of Finger Legs? <laughs> and you know something like that. So you can ask Fred. No, you I'll can tell you there, there's, there's so there's ten barrels in that first batch, and you can guess you know at which of each. But we won't tell you. <laughs> but so that, you got I mean, at least you got at least a barrel of the Finger Lakes in there. Yes, yes. Two barrels. Don't know. So we got one <laughs> right, barrel. There's one barrel. There's one, one barrel of Finger Lakes. All right. Lakes. So that's one barrel down, listeners. <laughs> oh, uh, we, I will continue cracking down until this is like, over. I mean, you well, really, you really <laughs> twisted my arm pretty easily there. I was just like. It's like, uh, remember Austin Powers? He's like, if you ask me three times, like I have to, I have to tell you, what's his name? I'll never tell you. What's his name? Go to hell. What's his name? Uh, fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's the fun of it all, of course. Yep. So there is at least one Finger Lakes barrel. <laughs> yes. It, it well, is a minority component, but it's it, for good reason. A lot of, a little bit goes a long way in a lot of these blends, what we found out. And yeah, Finger that's Lakes a, is a beautiful it's beautiful. They it, do yeah, it is, and it that's is. what's amazing about blending, and I never would have thought. Just like I didn't know what the hell I was doing. You know, I was fortunate enough that Drew. I Col- think you sell yourself short. Well, I, I, that's I one mean, thing. We, why it's why you're the people's champ. I didn't know what I was doing. Well, I you, didn't. I mean, it's, it, a, it's a it took a year. I mean, it it's took a year me blending. a year. And so, like, I mean, I, I I was fortunate that I have a great friendship with Drew Colesveen. He invited me down to do some blending projects with him. And he kind of taught me his process and kind of what, you know, kind of just to give me like a starting point, mm-hmm. you know, and sure we did, we were doing a blending project with like Blackberry Farm or something on a private barrel or private batch for them. And he, he did tell me, and I don't know, just cause we're friends, he goes, he goes, they picked this batch, but I thought yours stood out. And that gave me the confidence to like, 
go, okay, maybe I do have something here that I can really, right. you know, try to work on and perfect. And so that's kind of where it kind of all started. No, that's great. And like, so after, after that meeting that we had, uh, where you dropped off the whiskeys, what, what changed in the, in the components? You know, I think you told me like the finish was just not there for, and, and I totally agreed. And so the, the Tennessee distillery component, it has a great, you know, a lot of dried fruit notes, a lot of sweet oak, um, but it, it just does not have a finish at all. Like mm-hmm. if you drink it on its own, it's very great front mid palate. And so that's what, what, uh, the, the challenge was, um, was trying to add some, some spice and some character to it, sure. uh, on the end. And so, you know, the Kentucky component brought a lot of that, like Barstow bourbon had some great, you know, caramel, vanilla, typical notes, but it, you know, still at the young age, it had a lot of great rice spice in there and mm-hmm. some spiciness to kind of give it a little bit more robust kind of finish. And then throwing in that Finger Lakes, man, made it just like a nice, gave it like a little fruitier orange marmalade kind of profile and little chocolatey notes there on the finish as well. It was just more, it just kind of built as you went. Mm-hmm. So you all have, uh, you had three, di- you had, th- so you had three distilleries in this, in this batch or just three different states, three distilleries, well, three distilleries, yep. both you could say it was three distilleries and three states. Okay. All right. <laughs> so it's interesting, like, you know, the, the, the technique that like Seagram's used to apply, uh, which they were the, you know, America lost its great, you know, blending tradition when, when Seagram's basically folded in 2000, they used to make sure that every every anything had 10 recipes in it. And that's why Four Roses today, you know, they created all these yeast strains to basically compensate for the closure of distilleries. So they, you know, so they would have 10 different recipes inside um, a, a batch, you know, so that's why Four Roses has 10 recipes. But like one of the things that you can, you can learn through studying the old Seagram's techniques is, is like you have a, um, you have a base whiskey, you have a you have like uh, a flavoring whiskey, and you have a little little bit other things there in there that you trickle in. The Canadians, you know, do this all, all the time. That's why, like, they'll call it the bourbon mash bill, and it will be a bourbon mash bill. That's why, like, Crown Royal got in so much trouble a while back, is because they use a legitimate bourbon mash bill, but they can't call it bourbon. But in, inside the plant, they call it that. You know, so you all have, I think, without really studying like old practices. You applied some old technique to your to your method until barrel bourbon was really you know coming out with these various states. You didn't really see a lot, especially this combo. You don't see a lot of like New York, Tennessee, Kentucky. I mean, I think that's probably going to be changing. But um, I think the New York one was probably the outlier. I mean, yeah. Yeah, easy. I mean, probably anybody that would have expected anything that most anybody comes from it would be what Kentucky, Tennessee. Indiana. Right. Like that would, that would be the the obvious one. We just had a really good relationship with, with, you know, Brian McKenzie up at Finger Lakes and we've really enjoyed the single barrels that we've selected. And, you know, we've started putting down some new makeup there too. And it's kind of just like, why don't we, yeah, let's just go all in on this and, and, I, and I think the New York thing brings us, it makes it unique to us. And mm-hmm. it's just in the whole United story, it's not just doing the same old three sourced brands to, to create something it's it's something that's interesting and unique and that that's finger legs gave us the opportunity to do that and you know i've put their stuff in my blind tastings for years and they've always done great 
And um, I remember when they were coming out, I, I did a story on them in 2010 for tasting panel. I tasted their weeded bourbon back then. I was like, holy shit, this is good. So I'd be curious to see if like you're able to get any older stocks from that because they've been, they've been on the block for a bit. Uh, surprisingly yeah. enough, <laughs> I was like, I, by the time this is coming out, it might be too late. But yeah, we've uh, we've selected a seven year wheat single barrel that'll be coming out of there. Um, but you know, we're that's their oldest. Is uh, that through Pursuit series? Or that'll be that, a single barrel. It'll so it'll be, be a Pursuit series. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, for the most part, yeah, a lot of their stocks are still coming of age. And he's mm-hmm. been saying, you know, like, oh, you can't buy much off of me right now, guys. You got to wait until well, it turns yeah, forward. It's funny when they first started still, you know, they. They have a ton of rye and they have a they have a ton of high rye bourbon, but they made the wheat just kind of like experimentally and well the wheat's done better than anything else. So they didn't make a ton of it, you know, five years ago. And so they're waiting there's about a two year lag to where does the supply is gonna meet the demand or whatnot. So it's uh we're we're, you know, buying from him and him trying to, you know, satisfy his own brand. It's you know, he wants to help us because he sees value in us and he mm-hmm. we've kind of helped, you know give that distillery some recognition. And so it's a win-win relationship and we're, uh, we're happy to be a part it's of good, it. It's good to see that they respect that because here's the funny thing is, it's like you're looking at it, you're looking at a time where on the horizon, we might, we might see the glut right now. You know, there, we might start seeing it. There's, there's a few things that are happening in the market right now within the distilleries that are suggesting that, uh, you know, the international tariffs have really hurt, have really hurt bourbon. And all of that 15-year-old beam stuff, I mean, that's all, you know, it, it, all all of this age whiskey coming out in wholesale uh, has, is really a, a direct impact of like the, of, of people not being able to sell their product overseas how they want to. So, you know, those conversations you've had that are a little difficult, you can't get people in the door, they won't, you know, they look at you differently. I think that's probably going to be, you know, changing. And, you know, I really do think like companies like yours, these independent bottlers, in a large part are the future of American whiskey. Is we're going to start start seeing a lot more of this if if whiskey in America is going to continue to grow. Just uh, don't tell me a, a glut's coming because we're you're, we're getting ready to throw down a ton of money on whiskey. I'm not. And I'm like not that. saying no, a glut it's... is coming. I am saying there's that gonna be there, more options. There are the source some, market. There are some options coming down there. And if companies like yours do not fulfill that and and put it out there and are successful, you know, then that's when you will you will see it. But there there are signs there are signs that um, you know when you see the larger companies relieving stocks, putting stocks like fifteen year old Kentucky Bourbon on the market, which I, I don't care who you are, if you're a distillery and you have fifteen year old Bourbon and you can't figure out a way to sell it for your own company. Hire me. I mean, <laughs> I mean, what, somebody somewhere needs to take a look at what's happened domestically. But at, at any rate, you know the you all you all do the blend, you get it in this new fancy package, and then you start your process of selling it. One of the first things that you did that was completely different is you actually did a media initiative. You didn't hire a PR firm or anything like that. You just kind of did it and you sent it out to to people. And uh, you were surprised by the by the positive comments. I wasn't. I tasted it. I thought this stuff was uh, really good to great. And I mentioned if we weren't partners in the podcast, it'd probably be up in my first quarter of uh, whiskeys of the year. But I mean, it's, it's, it's gorgeous. It's got like a beautiful apricot nose. It's got some 
sweetness to there. I really like the brown sugar I get off of it. I mean, it's a fantastic blend. We, we, I think before we get to that point, we should talk about the, the moment of like complete distraught. Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify's point of sale is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. And get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone. Transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system or use Shopify's point-of-sale Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bourbon, all lowercase, and go to shopify.com slash bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash bourbon. If you're anything like me, then you can't get enough about bourbon. And that's why I'm a subscriber to Bourbon Plus magazine. Bourbon Plus is a quarterly publication that tells the stories from the heart of bourbon, the farmers who grow the grain, the distillers who labor over the process, and the people like you and me who raise their glasses to celebrate it all. Subscribe to Bourbon Plus magazine today at bourbonplus.com, that's P-L-U-S.com, and use code PURSUIT at checkout for $5 off your subscription. We should talk about the the moment of like complete distraught and like depression that set in for like a week. Yeah. Oh, so, whoa, 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 whoa. There was I didn't know about this. Yeah. So this I mean, this is all new to and how naive we are to all of this. Uh so, you know, we had our, you know, I'm blending in hundred mLs. You know, the most I ever made was a seven fifty, you know, just doing math. And so we're like, Kenny, the spreadsheet master, you know, I'm like, well, if we're gonna do 10 barrels, you know, can you calculate, you know, to where we can get it. Close you got to what? Yeah, you got to figure out, you know, the type of barrel, what the estimated yield is going to be to that. What is the proof that's going to come out of there? The, the ratio of water that you have to add because you've got some of these barrels that are going at an entry proof 125. Finger Lakes is entry proof at 100. We want to hit like, we don't even know what the target proof is going to be yet. And so we just know it's got to be somewhere. And so we're just crazy amount of math just trying to figure out exactly what this is going to end up being like. Yeah, so we, we kind of had it like dialed in in like 100 ml. You know, why did you and stuff. why did you all want to cut it instead of going cash strength? Well, for cost purposes and uh, we kind of want consistency. I mean, that's, I think we, that's the biggest part. And we just we want this to be like, uh, you know, a whiskey geeks everyday kind of thing. Like it's something you can you can have every day, but you can share it with people that aren't you know necessarily want high cash strength. It's just something that we want to be more like of a you know an everyday kind of common type of drink, not just a barrel proof expression that you're going to blow your palate off all the time. You know, th- we have those and there's plenty of them on the market and they're great. And we have those with pursuit series. All those are uncut, unfiltered barrel proof, but we wanted this to be more of kind of a staple go-to product. Think of a, think of what you do with Weller 107 and people go crazy for it. I mean, that's kind of like the same thing. And when it comes to consistency and trying to stay out in the marketplace, we deal with a lot of waste when we deal with pursuit series and packaging because we 
throw away hundreds of labels every single time because a minimum order is 250. You're not going to get 250 bottles out of a barrel on most occasions. So making sure that we can reuse labels, we can reuse everything that we want. And and that was the other thing people have asked and like, oh, you're going to do batch one, batch two, batch three. No, just kind of like, it's just always this, like, It'll be inside stay, baseball. Stay. You know, if it's batch two. Yeah. But, but, but by the timing of when you bought it. But um, back to the moment of like oh, yeah. the, the oh shit moment. <laughs> so we have it calculated on 100 ml. So we're like, all right, bottler, here's our ratio of barrels. You know, just go make it happen. We're ready to bottle. And so they dump it, you know, and they're like, hey, we're dumping today. And we're like, hey, can you send us a sample bottle just so we can use for photo- photography? We need pictures for our website, this and that. And they're like, sure. So they... They dumped it, they sent it to us, you know, and we did our website photos, we did everything. It'd been in like, it'd been like two weeks since we had gotten, th- two or three weeks since we had gotten the bottle and Kenny's like, all right, all the photos are done, you want to come over and taste it? And I was like, I've been worried about this day <laughs> for three weeks. And so we open it up, we, we, we smell it. And I was like, this isn't right. This is not what I created, <laughs> you know, right off the bat. And then, so we smell it and then we drink it and we're like, it's good but it's not great like what we thought and then we're in like, even good might have been a stretch <laughs> it was like so kenny's like starting to he's like panicking he's like in the corner like rocking back and forth i'm kind of like shit we gotta do damage control like this is our first small batch grow with us you know like this might be great but we're gonna get better at blending you know i was like gosh i, I, so I was like i it up <laughs> i was like i was like we're not doing media samples we're not doing anything we're gonna try to like throw this thing under the radar as far as we can and just start over yeah and then so lauren uh kenny's wife was like well you know maybe they just dumped it that day and they didn't vat it you know and it's not true with what you know the final bottling is so we call our broker and we're like what did you do that day? Did you just, and he's like, I literally just, it just got dumped into it and we just poured out a bottle. Like, I think you're going to like what we just bottled. You know, this was three weeks later. So we finally get the fin- fin- finished product that's been vatted, been blended, bottled. We open it up right on the nose. I was like, oh yes, this is exactly what I, I remember. This is what we created. And then you taste it and I think honestly, at a bigger scale, it was much better than what we were doing at 100 mLs, and we were just like high five and jumping up. Like Lauren's like, "Thank God, Kenny's been depressed <laughs> for three weeks. Like it's been terrible around here." What what time line was this? Oh gosh, so this was, you know, probably in November. In November yeah, November, early December yeah. of of last year of 2020, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, and it got yeah. and it was coming out in January, and so that makes that makes sense. And so I remember, uh, I remember you all being a little on edge then. And so, <laughs> yeah, and so you know, it, you really don't know how vulnerable you are until you create your own small batch of unique whiskeys and send it out to the world and say, "Let me know what you think." And yeah. so we, you know, Kenny and I, we got everyone anyone who's in the bourbon game that we respect and we you know value their opinions we sent them it and we're like just tell us how it is and the the response was overwhelming i mean most of it was just fantastic and it just blew us away like just super humbled by it really it it, it was surreal yeah well that's awesome man um so you send out the but yes no pr firm no PR, just, firm. no PR firm. Thankfully, safely, I've kept a Rolodex of emails and people that I've talked to over the uh, past. It eight is. Years. It is when you are media. It is a little. It is a little easier to get media. Like I, I've experienced that with like my books and stuff. 
it's it is true like is it they're your friends yeah. yeah and we're we're in a unique position because we've been interviewing the best of the best in the business for five years now or however six years yeah pretty close and so we've you know we've learned what's worked and what not worked and mm-hmm. i think giving us a you know through everyone else we've had you know what we liked and like about releases and whatnot and so we're, we just had that unique advantage point you know going into this so you get uh you you get it out there what's your you start seeing people comment what are your thoughts it's one of those things that we've talked about it enough times off air that it's easy to look at something and it's negative and really focus on that and think like, God, where did I, well, how can we make this better? Like, what do we do? And I also think that, okay, by and large, we had a lot of positive feedback. I only focus on the negative ones because those are the ones I remember. So <laughs> I remember like the first one that I saw that was negative was somebody just said like, oh, this is just an echo chamber of bourbon media. They're all just trying to help hype each other up. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, ah. I get it. Like I see it, but you know, we, we sent this out with no strings attached. We just, like Ryan said, tell us what you think. Like, I don't want to sit here and, you know, try to make, make something be bigger than it really is when it's, it's something that was something that was really a lot of hard work, a lot of creation, a lot of time, a lot of money investment into it. A lot it. of spreadsheets. A lot of, <laughs> Never a lot of spreadsheets. Oh, spreadsheet. Oh, the spreadsheet wizard over here is like instrumental to <laughs> our way, success. Remember when he used to send his Google Docs all the time? Uh, yeah. I had like- he stopped I, sending them to you because you were like, I can't use these. I, 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 like I pleaded, I was like, I can't do this. Please, no. <laughs> so you had that one to kind of get over. And I think the other one I saw in like a local group was- when it was just starting to come to Kentucky market and the distributor went to a local liquor store. And so the liquor store owner posted on the local Facebook group and says, can somebody tell me about this? If what have y'all heard? And somebody like came in, they commented, never even tried it, know anything about it. And they were like, it's from bullshit podcasters. It's going to be a shelter. <laughs> yeah. And we we're just like, what the fuck? Like <laughs> man alive. Like some people like they just have a nerve and I remember like immediately responding, be like, hey, if you haven't a chance to try it, like, please, I encourage you to do it. Like, I'm just trying to, you know, kill them with kindness, something, something like that. But I'm very thankful that we also have a lot of cheerleaders. We've got a lot of supporters in our Patreon community that are in Louisville and in that group, and they came to bat. Um, you've got Travis over at Justin's House at Bourbon that said they would only let me order five cases. I wanted to order more. And like, just having really good, friends in this business and having close allies and people that also enjoy your product made it that much easier that you can fight off those negative naysayers relatively yeah. quickly. Yeah. And and two, there, you know, a lot of stuff we didn't think about, you know, that people were kind of hung up on, you know, being a blend, you know, they thought it was blended whiskey, not like, uh, not bourbons. Um, yeah, but that's, you know, the TTB requires you to say, yeah. A blend of stray bourbons and so that's gonna that that hurdle that's gonna that's the new uh bourbon has to be made in Kentucky thing. And it's just there's gonna be a five, ten year hurdle for us to get over that. And, one. and then but the that's why I try to educate. I was like, well, everything you drink that's not a single barrel is a blend. You know, it just because it's from one distillery, one state, you know, it's but it's a blend of, you know, hundreds well, there's there's no definition of a small batch, but it's anywhere from, you know, Two barrels yeah, to and, thousand barrels. And if it wasn't for if it wasn't for the um, you know what happened uh, in the late eighteen hundreds and after prohibition with blends kind of taking over the market and damaging a lot of brands, I think you would see distillers use that term. But people like Jimmy Russell go out of their way to say things like marrying, uh, mingling, 
you know, and it's like they're using every word they can to describe blending, but they won't use blend because it's a dirty term to them. So yeah, that's kind of going away a little bit, but um, we got to we got to take it back. That's yeah. what that's what it has to be is like because the part the hard part and and Ryan even mentioned is that we got a lot of kickback that said you guys need to take blended off the label. Like no, we literally you cannot take it. That's off. That's actually illegal, Bob. Yeah, it was like you yeah. cannot take it off, and or they're like you need to tuck it in the back, you know, or something, you know. He's like you you can't do it, and I think it's one of those things that just because. And by the way, I'm glad you can't do it. I mean, as a yeah. consumer, who knows? I I want to know that, and to me, it's more interesting t- to see how that New York barrel does than it is to 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 hear about the 1200 barrels that goes into a batch of wild turkey 101 it, yeah. it's 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 very interesting to me and uh, and that's another thing people got hung up on was new york they're like wait a minute everything i've drank from new york's not been really that good so i'm not going to try it you know and that's that's probably the frustrating there's thing like about, 500 distilleries in new york yeah. now that's the frustrating thing about so it sounds like you all really did have a lot of uh, upheaval when you all came out with this and pushed it out there which is you know, Kenny, I'll put this back to you. How is how is the how is the like kind of like negative comments different regarding you know when it's about the bourbon than when it's about the podcast? How is it different? The podcast is is okay because we we come out with a new episode every week. So if you want to yell at us something, just wait till next week and then you'll be back in our favor again. <laughs> you know, the other thing that we just wanted to be different. We didn't want to be another MGP. We didn't want to be another Barton. We didn't want to be another everything that you can get on the source market. And is it really anything different than what you're getting at? I can name probably a dozen right now. We just wanted it to be something that's different and unique. And so bringing in the New York component was the opportunity to kind of have something that is going to be critically different than what anybody else in the market is going to be able to do. Uh, the Tennessee place that we got it from, you're going to eventually see more people with that particular product yeah. in their blend. We just happen to be, I think, the first on the market, which is kind of cool uh, to say that as well. Um, you know, BBC, granted, we use their product at four years old. We thought it was really good at four. They're not actually coming out with their product until seven. So we caught a lot of flack at the very beginning of people saying, oh, $65 for a four to five year old blend. And, and, I, and I get it. I mean, I probably said that about others as well. When New Riff first came out, I was like, ah, oh, four year yeah. whiskey. But then you try it yeah. and it's a game changer. And that's what what we just want people to do is just try it. Because I think once you do, you'll be you'll be happy. Yeah. And back to your question about like, how do you deal with the, the negative comments about it? It's just one of those things that you've you've got to help kind of continually educate. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was one of the things when we started Pursuit Series. And what was the first thing that we did out of the bat is we came out with a Tennessee bourbon, you know? <laughs> yeah. And people were all like, oh, dude, what the hell are you thinking? But we didn't think that we were going to go that route. I mean, it was be- not until after we tried it and we're like, shit, some of this stuff's actually really good if you find the right barrels. And so that kind of gave us, you know, kind of like the will to say, okay, let's keep going. Let's keep going with this. And Thankfully that we've got a, a great, I want to say fan base, but a lot of people out there that also like our, our taste in whiskey too. And mm-hmm. they'll kind of, they'll, they'll agree with us and they're like, okay, I'll go try this. And, and by and large, I'd say, you know, we, we make believers at at least 95% of them when they buy something that we've put our stamp of approval behind. Yeah. So I mean, like we, an MGP ride, 95% approval. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But we knew going into this, I mean, because we are tater podcasters or whatever people call us you know i mean if anyone knows us we're just normal people that just have microphones in front of us but uh anyways uh 
Sure, seven. We knew that the, the target was going to be out there. Oh, look at these guys. They're coming out with a four to five year whiskey at 65 bucks. You know, come on, give me a break. And you didn't think we knew that going we could, into we this? Made it, we could have made it more expensive. We were like, we are not putting something that's going to be half ass shitty, you know, out there. Like, I didn't realize how insecure I was till I released this product, you know, because really? it's like, you know, I'm, I'd never get on Facebook. I'm refreshing it every five minutes. Like, what's the comments? What's the feedback? You know, Wow. If there's a negative or a question, you know, I'm like, well, what did you not, you know, and I respect, I, I welcome all the negative feedback, you know, if it's, you know, if you tried it and you legitimately didn't like it, I'm I'm totally open to it because I want to get better. So I, you know, somebody said, I, I really just didn't like it. You know, it wasn't me. And I was like, well, what did you not like about it? You know, what, what, what are the flavors that are off putting to you? So I, I want to know that so we can get better moving forward. But we knew that going in and we, we just can't, we can't half-ass this. And that's not our personalities. I mean. You know, that's what we're going to do. It is going to be going to be quality and good stuff. Well, I think it's very interesting, you know, because this is a this is a very good first blend to put out. It it really is. It, Thank you, it, Fred. It touches on, you know, a lot of things you want to see. And, um, you know, I know the attention you all got. You got a lot of really good, positive, you know, media out of it. And it's, I think it's, I, I was very, I was so proud of you too. I was so proud of you too to see what you did and to see how good it tasted. And this is like leaps and bounds better than what you had showed me the first time. And, um, you know, so, you know, all that effort to me, like this, this is a, this is a good, a very good, like everyday drinker potential, you know, that, you know, you throw in that rotation with an old Forester 1920, a rare breed. Um, that was the goal. Yeah. That was the goal. Yeah, it really it was, like, was. It was supposed to be an everyday kind of item. Yeah. And that means a lot coming, you know, from when you, you know, you taste the real version and gave us, you know, your positive feedback. It meant a lot. You know, it's like, holy cow, Fred Minnick, you know, the Minnick effect, you know, thanks. <laughs> you know, because even though you're part of the crew, we, I, I still, Kenny and I still value your opinion and we look for your reviews and we're still fanboys, you know, still. So, to have you say that about us is like, well, it doesn't even feel real sometimes. So. You know, it really is. And I and I really do. I am going to put it in some blind tastings, but I wish I could give it a straight on review. I just can't because we're. Sure. Yeah, we, under, we understand that. A little that. too far. Yeah, no. You, we'll just send it to Whiskey App. Yeah, yeah, we'll just, we, yeah <laughs> we won't give you money, but we'll give you an Amazon <laughs> gift cards. <laughs> he, he missed that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we said it to Whiskey Advocate. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like that one. But, uh, you know, this is, uh, this is something, and I, I'm not, not just blowing this up your asses, but this is. This is probably one of the best first blends of from anybody I've ever had. Wow, you know, nope. that's been put out because blending blending is hard as shit. It is. It, it is. It is so hard, and that's why, like, I look at barrel bourbon in absolute awe. Yeah, and you know, and we've had the benefit, you know, too. It's like stars aligned. We, you know, they've been great sponsors of the show. We've gotten to hang out with them in their labs, and I mean, if you don't think I'm sitting there studying joe and trip you know i have you know every time we go right. over there seeing what they're doing what their lab looks like what they're working with and so you know all that's kind of led to this you know we've had so much experience being in this podcast and learning from the best of the best and picking their brains and so it just kind of all came to this is a culmination of all that right here in that bottle. so you started off you started off with a, a great first batch so what's what's the second batch what's it going to be comprised of well, that's the thing is that this is going to try to be an everyday item and trying to keep the consistency. Oh, so you all are going to keep this as a main as as yes. a mainstay. Yes. So this is supposed to be something that we are going to. And, and I'll I'll just go ahead and kind of tell you the the future of what we're what we're going on here. So 
we will be continuing to make batches uh, for the next few years, uh, targeting around 10,000 bottles a year of this. Mm. We have our new make contracts already taken care of with Barstown Bourbon Company as well as Finger Lakes Distilling. So we are going to be ramping up production uh, exponentially. So even though we might be doing 10,000 bottles here for the next few years, once we hit 2026 and those barrels start coming mature, we're going to be targeting somewhere around 80 to 120,000 bottles a year. So making it to more states, more shelves, and kind of making a, a staple product out of it. And hopefully getting to the point, Fred, where you've been saying for years is when are you guys going to go all in on bourbon? <laughs> this is going to be the point where we could potentially go all in on bourbon and doing the podcast not, and doing we'll everything. Have a ton of whiskey. If not, we'll have a ton <laughs> of whiskey because every year when you got to put down 350 barrels at X dollars time, uh, it's it gets expensive real quick. So. Yeah. Well, I you know I applaud you for that. Um, you know the dream is the dream is within reach now, and um, I'll have to find someone else to do my lawn. Uh, my to do my no, seeding and my my fertilizing they'll but. still show up i'll make sure you're on schedule but uh, it just won't be well it hadn't been me for a while anyways so. yeah no it's one of, one of your people yeah but no but, it, um, it is exciting and thank you again fred for for kind of asking these questions and, and leading us through here we're we are excited about where this is going to go and you know starting to work on the the rye blend now as well mm -hmm. so it's it's going to be a an ever Hopefully not too changing process. It's all about key and consistency moving forward. And, and and that's what we'll have. Pursuit series will still be our, you know, single barrel line where we can do unique and fun one-off stuff, uh, you know, as they come available. And so that's, that, that's going to be our fun stuff too. By the way, this is going to be a fun laugh. I've been wondering why there's a C and a C. Uh, by the barrels, like what? What the fuck are they trying to say there? <laughs> and then I saw like above the pursuits, pursuit, it's Cecil plus Coleman. I was like, oh my god, I'm a fucking the whole idiot. time. This right whole time, face. this whole time, I've been wondering what are they trying to what say? What is with this CNC? code? It's like <laughs> it's like Da Vinci code in the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> we should put some more Easter eggs on there. Yeah, that's we? funny. But uh, yeah, I mean, great job, guys. This is it. It is. I just I retasted it. It's like I mean, there's this beautiful brown sugar note in here. And um, I know that you all have availability through Sealbox. Where else? Where else are you available? Sealbox, Tennessee, Texas, Georgia, and Kentucky. And you're, and, in, you're in Total Wine in Kentucky, right? Yep, Total Wine sold out there now. Yeah, it's there, but it'll be for patch two. Yeah, there'll there'll be uh, a lot of places, and then we're also going to be looking at opening up in uh, Illinois, Colorado, potentially Ohio, Wisconsin. Got to email from North Carolina the other day. Like you never really know. I mean, right now we will not be able to satisfy the demand for, for all those states. I mean, heck, Texas alone was like, no. we'll take it all next time. Yeah. So we- Total line emails and they're like, we want it for all this region. We're like, well, we'll sell you all the whiskey we don't have. <laughs> because it's that's the thing that stings is you got to wait. You know, we're at the mercy of, we just don't have enough product to sell. And But yeah. that's, it, it is what it is. Well, welcome to the the Van Winkle problem, right? You're a little, you're, <laughs> we can only hope that's your problem. You're a little ways when up. ours are going for you know a thousand dollars on secondary. Yeah, how are know, you gonna, I don't even want that to happen. To be honest know. with you, I don't either. Yeah, I don't want that to happen. I'd, I'd like it to just stay a, a good sixty five dollars shelf item for as long as we can. Yep, that'd be that'd make me perfectly Fly happy. Under the radar, mm -hmm, for sure. Well, Fred, I do want to say thank you again for absolutely kind of leading this conversation yeah, yeah. and. And asking us about it, it's fun to kind of turn these tables. And it was a, it was a, it's a fun project of ours, and we're really excited to see where this is going to go in the next decade. Yep. Is, is the best way to put it because 
whiskey doesn't come in months. This this counts in years. So yeah, everything moves. Slow years and gray <laughs> hairs and and back pain. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much summed it up right there. <laughs> well, we'll we'll reconvene here in ten years on this particular podcast and see if we we still feel the same about it. Yeah, <laughs> actually, save the day. Yep, let's do it. So thank you, Fred, for for kind of taking this along here. Make sure you follow Fred. Fredminnick.com, Fred Minnick on Instagram, Fred Minnick on Twitter, Fred, Fred Minnick everywhere, and also his show, The Fred Minnick Show. Make sure you also follow Bourbon Pursuit on all the socials. And if you like what you hear, if you like supporting us, patreon.com slash bourbon pursuit. With that, cheers, everybody, and we'll see you all next week. Mm-hmm.